ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for What Do You Call It Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It Podcast. I'm your host, GB, and today's guest is one of my personal favourite actors. And I'm not just saying that because he's literally come to the show. I literally love this man as an actor. His screen credits include Top Dog, Green Street 3, Bonded by Blood 2, Doctor Who, the upcoming Rise of the Foot Soldier 5, the Tony Tucker story, which I have a little role in it. Joking, I'm, a, I'm an extra. You probably won't notice me. But um, also, he's been part of one of the best British films I've seen in a long time, Villain. Please give it up. Actor and screenwriter George Russo. How you doing today, mate? You all right? I'm very good, thank you. It's a good introduction. Although most of that stuff I'm not amazingly proud of that you mentioned. There's other stuff that <laughs> I'm more proud of, I guess, but works, work. No, that's cool, man. That's that's absolutely fine. I mean, we can talk about what you're proud of. Um, but thank you for sure. coming on today. It means a lot. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, I just want to know, because um, obviously we've just come out of lockdown because we're both in the UK, and mm. you've been able to still work during the pandemic. However, there has been restrictions, and I'd like to know, how have you found it, sort of having to obey social distancing and finding ways around it, you know, sort of not getting too close? And what projects have you been involved in during the pandemic? Um... Obviously, the pandemic affected everyone in the, in sort of my industry in a massive, massive way. I had like, a, I mean, I, as, as you said, like I'm, I'm a writer as well, like a rogue villain, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and um, um, we uh, and me and one of my guys I write with, we had a, um, a project that we'd um, op- had, had optioned and we're just about to sign the contract and the pandemic kicked in and um, obviously like it all fell through, you know, uh, so it's been really, really tricky, but it's it's enabled me to spend a lot more time writing, you know, and it's which is which has been great because I I need. Are you still with me? Can you hear me? The festivals in Foot Soldier, really, and that's it. Mm. So you and might have it. to redo that part just because it's sort of frozen. It, that might be for my fault. Just the part when you're talking about your writing, uh, it sort of got a bit hazy then, unfortunately. But you were saying about you being able to do more writing uh, during the lockdown. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've just been trying to keep myself busy and make use of the time, really. Mm. You know, there's been a couple of little projects, but it, it's sort of like ground to a, to a halt. But um, it's slowly starting to pick up now, which is great. And what projects have you been part of? Sorry, I think that unfortunately that's a bit where it did cut off. So I wasn't able to get so, the so, um, <laughs> so I, co- I co-wrote a short that we, we're just putting into festivals now called Baby mm-hmm. Boy that me and Greg Hall, uh, one of my friends and uh, like a business partner and co-writer, um he co-wrote villain with me and yeah. we um wrote a film where we, in which he directed and i acted and we're just that's just going into festivals now it's a really cool mm. little uh movie and then foot soldier and not much else really it's been it's been really quiet i'm uh, glad that you did mention baby boy because that's a film i've actually backed and uh um, oh yeah of course you did yeah so I basically sort of read up on it and I was like very interested by it and I'm looking forward to it because that's is that currently in post-production as you said so it's, it's, been... it's done it's in post it's entered festivals now we're yeah. just organizing the screening in London mm-hmm. um obviously um you know that's been tricky to yeah, get that organized but now obviously everything's sort of clearing up now so we're looking to do that in the near future but I've seen it and it's, it's a really really good powerful piece of work so yeah. I think it um I think it's going to do well and create a bit of noise you know no, I'm looking and forward thanks, to it. And thank you for backing it. That's <laughs> right, mate. Honestly, no. But I sort of, 
well, I've read up on it. I believe in it, and um, and not just to get a film credit. That's <laughs> but uh, no, I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, I do have to ask quickly: What's it oh. like appearing in multiple episodes of the Bill? What 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 is it? Sorry, was the no, question? What's it like? What's it like appearing in multiple episodes of the Bill? Well, well, it was a weird one, really, because the Bill was like one of those jobs for actors that you could sort of go back and do like every 18 months they would have you back so it was like a paycheck every 18 months you know but that was I was a lot younger then I started out as a child actor uh, I went to like a, a, a place in Islington called the Anishir Theatre that mm. has churned out some really you know loads of talented people um, actors and presenters and musicians and um, so I was like a child performer. I'm, I'm sort of uh, very reluctant to say child actor because you're not really an actor at that, that age. You just turn up and you try and say the lines mm. as, <laughs> as best you can, you know. Uh, and, and so like uh, all those parts in the bill were when I was a young, young man, you know. But it was like a, it was a guaranteed sort of bit of money every, mm. like every uh, yeah, 18 months or so. That's fair. I had to sort of ask that one. Uh, I'd like <laughs> to know about the theatre school that you have just mentioned. Uh, when, yeah. So you was a child actor. Did you have sort of any inspirations, um, sort of any favourites uh, growing up? In terms of what, actors so, or...? I'd say actors. Uh, I was going to ask about favourite films as well, but I was going to ask, did you have right. any actors that you looked up to uh, that sort well, of, okay, he can inspire me? Well, you know, like uh, I grew up uh, pre-internet, you know, there was no mm. internet. And re really like pre-video games, you know, there was like, there was a few consoles flying about when I was a young kid, you know, and then obviously the Sega and all that come along. But, you know, the videos and films, uh, like VHS tapes, that was where we got out, where I got my entertainment, you know, that and music. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously books as well. But I didn't start really getting into, like, books until I was, like, much older. But, like, um, like the vid we used to have, like, video shops, which used to rent VHS tapes. Mm. So I would go down... Um, to the video shop and just spend hours just in there just looking at films you know and the way that uh, I um, sort of uh, logically worked out that I wanted to be an actor was like um, I was like well if I'm an actor I can be anything that's the yeah. way sort of my child mind uh, rationalized you know my, my what I wanted to be when I was older you know yeah. so so yeah I, I you know grew up watching films nah, that's good did you have any favorite films uh, I'm not gonna say do you have a favorite film because I think most people don't generally have that answer. But did you have any films that you'd have on repeat? That well, well when, I, when I was a kid, obviously, like uh, films like Jaws and Star Wars and The Goonies and E.T. Mm. were like a staple. But then as I, as I got older and started to get into films, you know, like as a teenager, like films like The Wanderers and The Warriors. Uh, and, and then obviously, like once you discover like the, the great directors of the 70s, you know, which is the era just before I was born, you know. Mm. Um, so like I grew up in the eighties, so the directors just before me were like the new Hollywood, which was like Brian De Palma and like Scorsese and Coppola and all these fantastic directors, you know, making all these brilliant films. And that's my favorite era of filmmaking is like the, like the seventies. So once I discovered all those movies, like, you know, the cat was out the bag, just, mm. you know, they were what inspired me, you know, one throw over a cuckoo's nest oh, comes to mind, film. you know, actors like Nicholson and, Obviously, like Easy Riders, the classic, you know, like. But my favourite film from that era, I think, is Taxi Driver. That's that's like my favourite oh, American quality film. American film uh, from from the seventies. You know, it's just a it's a masterpiece. Mm. It's one of Scorsese's best films. I have to 
have to admit yeah. that one. Yeah. So I'd like to talk about the theatre school itself. What was it like? And sort of um, how long was you there for? And uh, was there any actors that I may, well, the listeners sort of may be aware of that you sort of interacted with? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so like I went there with people like Naomi Harris, Reggie Yates, Neil Maskell, Peter Ferdinando. Um, just to, like a lot of East, a lot of the EastEnders cast came out of there, like Joe <laughs> Swash, Natalie Cassidy, you know, like they was all my, my sort of like uh, era, if you like. Um, yeah. But um, the Anishir Theatre School was a special place because it was uh, a place where, you know, the kids from the area, local working class kids that would otherwise really have an avenue into acting, could mm. put their name down and um, do acting classes there. And if you were any good or you had any flair or any passion or if Anna liked you, Anna Sher herself, she ran the school. If she liked you, then um, she would put you on the agency. And um, yeah, and it, but it was a four year waiting list. Really? You had to wait, yeah, you had to wait four years to get in. Jesus. And, um, yeah. <laughs> And because it was like a first come first serve sort of thing, and, yeah. I, and I got there. My sister had put her name down. She's older than me. My sister. She didn't like it, but I, I, you know, I, I took to it. I, I've always been a creative kid. Yeah. You know, I went. You know, I've always painted and 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 uh, you know, been into illustration. I studied illustration at Central St Martin's. I got a degree in illustration. You know, and I write and I act and I love music. I think I would have. You know, in another life, made music, maybe digital, you know, like digital music, hip hop, mm. or, 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 I don't know, house or something like that. <laughs> I think everything you're saying, it sort of makes sense because uh, it's one of the notes we've got is why you're such a versatile actor. You know, you, okay, you, you right, sort of, Thank you. Um, because I think it just sort of makes sense. You're creative as well. Um, I'll sort of, I will go to this actually now, now that you've said it and then sort of flowing on. Um, one thing I do like about your work is you're so versatile. You can be one thing you can switch from a smacker to a gangster than a lad to a detective. And I, I mean, that's a compliment before anyone goes, mm, no, it's a good thing. Um, how are you able to do this? Like, how can you just switch off like that from this role to this role? Um, sort of that method acting. Well, it's nice It's nice to be called versatile. I think that's the biggest compliment you can be given as an actor, you know, and I really appreciate that. And uh, and it's through trial and error, you know, I'm just still, like I say, like I, I was a child actor. I stopped for a long time, you know, and I did a mm. degree and... You know, and I lost my way a little bit in my 20s, you know, got caught up in, in sort of like the partying and stuff like that and yeah. got distracted, let's say. And then when I sort of was around 30, I, I decided that, you know, I managed to get a film made, actually, that I'd written called Turnout. Yeah. And um, Been over 10 years, hasn't it, it? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it sort of, it just sort of uh, snowballed from there, you know. Gonna say spiral. That's cool, man. That's cool, man. And yeah, yeah. So, so then, so then, over the years, I've sort of like started to, to like. I feel like I started, you know, afresh at like thirty years old, and then from from then onwards, really, the last sort of ten years, been really trying to develop a process mm. that works for me, you know. And and acting is like, you know, these styles. Not every style uh, fits everywhere you know we're not it's not a one size fits all kind of deal mm. so you have to sort of you, you know do your research on different techniques but then take what works for you i guess and uh, you know and try and try stuff out it's, it's good that you do that you're willing to sort of you know not just stick to one sort of character work or you know i'm not using the correct terminology i did do film studies but like like Jesus, of course you can oh, have I'll let you off your... but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's even just going back to when i 
met you the first time in person. Um, and I didn't recognize you. You had like bleach blonde hair as well as a foot soldier. Uh, I was only an extra. And I was just like, and then someone I'm friends with now, Sam, he's like, that's George Russo. I was like, that's not. And he's like, yeah, yeah villain. And I was just like, fucking hell, it is. And then I, yeah, I was like, I I've got a photo. And um, yeah, I got to do like And we actually scene. did a little scene together, yes, didn't we? The fact that you I, remembered as well. And I didn't even well, say Well, I think, I think I don't think I'll ever be able to forget that for two reasons. I think one, you were George and I'm a George. So, yep. you know. And then, and then I just remember how nervous you were. Oh, you man, so, I've never done it before. I was just... Of course, I, not, I know. <laughs> and it's, ter it's terrifying, right? It can yeah. be really nerve-wracking. You know, this one thing saying you want to be an actor, but then when this lights, mm. camera, action, it, it, it can be really frightening, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, you made, like, you made it so much easier for me. And I think I did like a, a, a cheesy pose, but a heartfelt one. I was like, yeah, thank you, George Russo. You made it so much easier. Even if it gets cut, I can always brag about this moment if I don't do anything else. So I don't necessarily want to be an actor, but I want to just experience. And um, it was literally last minute. It was like, I, I know it's stereotype, but I'll be the guy that buys the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a good moment, man. It was a good experience. And the fact that you remembered it and knew that was nervous. Yeah, of course. It's, it's great to have that discussion and I can also <laughs> prove people that wasn't lying. But um, one thing I'd like to ask is... Go on. Because it's before, this, before this episode, it's mainly a wrestling podcast. And yeah. I think we had a little chit-chat before we recorded. So as you appeared in the Marine 6, and yeah. uh, it featured WWE wrestlers, this might go over your head a little bit. You're just like, it's another guy to me. But Shawn Michaels, Becky Lynch, and The Miz, I just want to quickly ask, uh, what was it like being on set with them if you actually knew who they were? <laughs> yeah, so I didn't know who The Miz were. I didn't know who Becky Lynch were. But Shawn Michaels, like, that's kind of like my era. I mean, when I was younger, yeah. I was into wrestling. You know, my, my era of wrestling is like Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, you know, uh, Demolition, all nice. those, you know, you know <laughs> ma the Macho Man, like he's the governor, obviously, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, yep. all those guys, you know, Mr. Perfect. So I was big into wrestling as a kid. And obviously, Shawn Michaels, he's, he's a legend. He was, uh, it, what is it, that, I think they were the Heart the Oh, the Rockers. Were they all the Rockers? Yeah. Oh, right, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember him anyway. <laughs> I remember him. And um, so my friend um, was directing that film, um, James Nunn. Mm. And he, he got me in uh, to do that. And it was to do an American accent, right? And um, so I was practicing this American accent which I've got better at as the years have gone on. You know, I've had yeah. sort of like voice coaching and stuff. And um, so I'm practicing this American accent. And then when I, I, like the film was on somewhere, it was on Netflix. So obviously out of vanity, I scanned it through to watch my bit. And it, it and I was really conscious not to do like the typical American accent of the New York yeah. cop, you know, the <laughs> typical New York sort of sound, bit like mafia. American accent, that seems to be like the go-to American accent for all people that, that are not very good at accents. So I really tried to get looked a nice sort of standard American, mm. uh, um, you know, accent. And uh, and he, he dubbed me over with some like, <laughs> some really bad, like heavy New York uh, oh. pop accent. So like, you know, that was that was a bit sad, but but yeah, but it got to got to sort of do a scene with Shawn Michaels. Yeah, so that, that was at the end, wasn't it? When you're right um, at the end, yeah, yeah, right at the end. I was yeah. just like, how did I get him in here? <laughs> but no, it's cool, man. I had to ask about it. I mean, I've got pleased Mexican fans as well, but um, of course, yeah, that's, yeah. That's awesome, man. Actually, nearly have... I'm not, I'm not a wrestling fan anymore, but I'm a big MMA fan. I don't watch football, I don't watch anything else, but um, I, I follow, I follow mixed martial arts and the UFC in particular, other, other organizations, but mainly the UFC. Who are some of your favorite fighters? Um, 
Uh, I, I mean, at the minute, I like. Do you know much about? Do you know much about? A little bit. Fight? Um, sort of hot and cold of it. I saw the main fighters and stuff. You know, like well, like, like, there's a couple of really good ones fighting this weekend. You got Edson Barbosa, who's a great fighter. He's fighting Shane Burgos, um, and then you've got Tony Ferguson, and uh, I think I'm going to kill his name, um, Dario Bet. Uh, Benush, I think his name is, but he's a, he's a, oh, they're both really exciting mm. fighters. They're on the undercard. It's going to be a cracker. And then you've got Chandler versus Oliveira for the main event. But but my friend got me into into mixed martial arts. He was like a pioneer of the um of the sport, and he fought in the very first UFC over here nice. uh, at, the, at the Royal Albert Hall. And he fought a lot of the greats like Victor Belfort. Um, mm. And he fought like uh, Fabrizio Verdum, who went on to be the UFC heavyweight champ. And, like he, he had a brilliant career and, and so he got me into it. I used to watch him on the English circuit and we used to, we got into sort of uh, mixed martial arts together. We were boxing fans prior to that. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah. I will, like the boxing, I've, I've just, I will watch that if it's the main fighters as well. Like yeah. Fast and Fury, Joshua. I'm, I'm not really too pleased about them fighting Saudi Arabia, but it, it's all about money at the end of the day. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they don't care about the fans, but that's, that's their problem, not mine. I'll still watch it. I'll moan, but I'm, I'll watch it. Uh, yeah, see, I'm not into football or anything like that. I've never been into football, really. Uh, you know, because like, a lot of the films that you do, like... Yeah, I've been in a few, um, but I'm not a, a football fan at all, really. I, I, I was into Arsenal, like, in, the, in like, the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Like, um, but then, then it sort of, like, petered out. Once they changed stadium, I sort of lost interest. But big, big boxing fan as a kid growing up. Mm. Like, that was my sport. And, and, um, and then... And then once the mixed martial arts come along, I sort of lost interest in boxing and just been just mm. like, you know, uh, yeah, following a lot of martial arts. It's, it's yeah. just the way it's promoted. Like Dana White is such a good promoter. I do really, really like him. And yeah, um, I yeah, watch like the main amazing. stuff though, but um, I don't expect to be talking about MMA and wrestling and a bit of boxing. There you with you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's cool, man. Um, as you do nearly have like nearly 50 credits, which is mind blowing to be fair. It's unreal. Uh, mm-hmm. What have been some of your most challenging roles? Uh, roles that may have maybe put you over the edge um, or just you need to take a step back and think, oh, wow, this is a bit much? Um, I mean, I, you know, as time's gone on, you know, um, I've really tried to give everything to every role now. Yeah. You know, even if, even if you know, even if um, I know that the project's not a brilliant project, you know, mm. I'll do my best to, like, be the best I can be in it. You know, so at least if it's if it's a if it's going to be a piece of crap, I'm going to be the best thing in that piece of crap. You know. Yeah. Um, and so each each role brings um a new set of uh, uh challenges and obstacles, and you you know you have to overcome those. Mm. Um, so I can't really pick out one in particular. The stuff that means the most to me is the stuff that obviously I've uh, written and mm. been in. You know that stuff. You know, so so it's like turnout. Um, um, villain mm. um, and, and then uh, we did a short a couple of years ago Smackhead it was really sort of like a demanding role And then that's the superb boy, by the way how long did that take you to film? film? Oh, thank you how long did that take you to film? that is superb I know it's only like yeah. a short film but oh man yeah. it's amazing so we shot it in one day but like obviously like the preparation I tried mm. to like starve myself and not wash for a for a, a three or four it showed, days, it showed in the film, <laughs> yeah. and you know, and uh, like tried to look like a drug, like a like a drug mm. addict, you know. And uh, yeah. drugs, drugs tend to be uh, a reoccurring theme in the work that I do. You know, the work that I write and stuff. Yeah. Somewhere or another, there's addic- themes of addiction, or um, you know, um, or drug drug use. 
somewhere along the line or some form of addiction mm. to something you know it always pops up it reoccurs this um, is what we did to the kid's birthday just like horrible man horrible man <laughs> <laughs> but that was really, really good man like, you've got the same wife as well from uh top dog uh when you yeah got, that's right yeah you know, yeah lorraine stanley amazing actress she's in eastenders at the moment and she's smashing mm. that but she is a fantastic actress you is know she in I mean? um is it london to brighton yeah, that's where she sort of made like, yeah, pop, that's how I sort of made, knew her. made a name for herself. It's like Johnny Harris, who's in that as well, and Lorraine. Mm. Brilliant. It's a great film. I just ran watching it. It was just a really good film. But yeah, I really gem. want to talk about Villain, because uh, I mentioned it okay. in the intro. I off when I saw you. But Villain is the film that I would associate your best work, in my opinion. And I Thank absolutely you. love it. I, I want to know what gave you the inspiration to write this film and uh, basically what was it like seeing it on the big screen and how it turned out how proud yeah. of the film was you cool so ba so basically um the way it came about was um greg hall who co-wrote it with me yeah. he, he'd been approached um by someone about the project and i read the script and the script wasn't very good the mm. script wasn't very good and greg tried to rewrite the, the script and add like his sort of, uh, in, you know, add, like he, what he sort of wanted onto the script. And in this script, then ended up like a mishmash of like this real bad script and then good stuff that, 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 that Greg had written. Mm -hmm. So I was like, look, this needs to be thrown in the bin and there's some bones there that we could probably work with and, and, and we could rewrite a really good gangster flick because being like a working class London actor, I get sent, sent a lot of bad, you know, shit, shit gangster scripts written by people that have never even you know seen a gangster yeah they've watched too many too they've watched snatched too many times exactly <laughs> exactly and and they're sitting in their suburban houses at their type at their computer writing mm -hmm. cliche stuff because they've watched too many films you know and yeah. just not very good just not very good and so <laughs> So anyway, this project fell through with, with Greg, and uh, but already the, the gears were already um, ticking away, and it's like that sometimes, you know, you have an idea and it permeates, you know, for a little while, it just floats around, and then you put other pieces together, and then finally you get enough where you think, oh, we could, this has got a beginning, middle, and end, I've got something here, and mm. then you start to put it on paper and, and navigate your way through the story, you know, get a structure together, and so, so I just started, you know, knocking a structure together, I've got like a loose first draft, give it to Greg then me and him knocked heads and really started to put it together and, and I knew I knew you know I'd, I knew that we'd sell it and get it made because for one that's a really uh commercial genre isn't it the crime you know yeah. the crime thriller and I knew there wasn't there's not many good British ones really and and the thing was it's, it's hard it's a family drama mm. Set against high, high but you're the high brother state. that's he just come out, and obviously, you're yeah, you know. it's, it's about it's about a guy trying to reconnect with his daughter, and yeah, you know, and that's what it's really about. This guy who just wants to, who's got like a facts and family troubles going on, but it's obviously set against this high stakes environment of like the underworld, if you like, you know, mm. uh, uh, yeah, so so yeah, we met um Bart Raspoli from Ascendant Films, and he liked it. and got Phil on board as a director, Phil Barantini, and got it made. I love it. Yeah. Like, it's just, and I think one thing that you must have made you feel good as well was just, like, the critical acclaim that it received as well. Because one thing you yeah. did say, and I'd like to point out, is you do get a lot of bad gangster genre films, especially based in London. And for this, it was just a standout. It was just so refreshing. And I think that's, yeah. you know, last few years, like, we are starting to see um, 
better written gangster films. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, there's no reason they should be written badly or mm. acted badly, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, why why can't we have inte- you know really intelligent, slick British gangster films, you know, like the Americans do? And I just thought, you know, we're crying out for them. Mm. And um, and it's a brilliant genre, the crime genre, if done right, if 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 steered away from like cliche and stuff, you can you can do some you know fun stuff and. Yeah, and it, and and it, but it's, it, there's there's a human element to that film as well, mm. you know. Like there's a human story, and that's what people they don't know it, but that's what people really want to watch. People mm. really want to watch other human beings interact on a human level. Uh, once they become cartoon cutouts with no empathy or no le- no layers, mm. people lose interest. It just becomes like a cliche parody, you know. Because there's only so it's many like scenes fun. you can do with like you know tits and ass and you know drug scenes, and it's just like okay, where, where's a bit of actual character development, a bit of story, yeah. You know, and, what, and once you're invested in those characters, like you mm. know, and you care about them, then you can do all that other stuff, and you'll actually care. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, you, yeah. You're, you're right. Yeah. And to hear it from the man that was heavily involved in the film, and obviously me smiling about it and talking about it. And like I still yeah. talk about to my mate Shane, like to this day, like it's a superb fucking film. And I think well, one I thing I really appreciate that, you know, I really one thing that like, sort of threw me off a little bit was how it was marketed because the poster it just didn't kind of match the theme. It was yeah. like a bright yellow, you know, just like a standard gangster film. And then, but that's not what it was. But yeah, no, well, but the it, thing mm. was the, the original poster that we did is when Vertigo um, picked it up, who are a great distributor. Obviously, yeah. they've got a you know, it's covers do sell the film. You that know? is true. And, that is true. And um, like from my video shop days, I know that from when I was a kid looking at the VHS mm. covers, I didn't read the back. You know, I just what had the best, whatever had the best cover. That's what film I was taking home. You know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, or, and renting. So, so, but they they made it. They made sure that they steered clear of the red and black. They didn't want they that. I think that was a stipulation from mm. from uh, the the producers. Whatever we do, we're not in red and black. Always market those films with red and black covers. So they went with yellow and blue. Uh, but if you see the American cover, oh, that's even fucking worse. Is that the one with the fo- the bad Photoshop? I can hear you. Oh, you can hear me? Cool. No, sorry, yeah. mate. Yeah, so you were talking about the American cover of Filin. You said that, that was even worse than the bright yeah, yellow. Ter- absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Is that the bad terrible. Photoshop one? That That's the... Um... Oh, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> and it's the one on the fucking IMDb as well. It's like, oh, man, like... <laughs> so you know, bad. Typical. Because it makes it just look like a piece of shit. And it isn't. And like you said, it got really good reviews, mm. you know, across the board. Four-star reviews, you know, New York Times, Critics Pick. And um, and even three stars in the Guardian for a, for a sort of Cockney gangster film starring Craig Fairbrass to get three stars it's in the Guardian. Five stars, that is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like a miracle, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. If anyone who's listening to this hasn't seen it, go watch it. Ignore the cover, but when you watch it, tweet George Russo, tweet myself. I'm not important, but yeah, but just literally go watch it. It's very very good. So to wrap this up, because I have really appreciated you coming on the show today. And You're um, to just talk about and the fact that you did remember who I was. Great, happy days. But um, I'd like to sum it up. Um, if you could pick one actor or one actress that you haven't worked with but would like to, who would you pick and why? Oh, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. Uh, I'll tell you, what I really like, I like Ben Mendelsohn. He's a great actor. He's an Australian actor. He's amazing. And mm. um, uh, you know he's just amazingly talented. The problem is acting with these amazingly talented people. They'd probably like just eclipse me and blow me off the screen. You know what I mean? So <laughs> bittersweet. Um, 
But you know, like there's another French actor. I think he's from Belgium actually, called Mafia. Matthias Schoer, brilliant actor as well. He's in like the drop. Uh, he's in like Blood Ties. Mm. He pops up in lo- He pops up in loads of. Um, he d- he did a film called Rust and Bone, uh, an amazing movie, French movie. Um, um, uh, who else? I don't know. I mean, I love all the American actors. You know, all the great American actors. So it, you know, just give me some work. Just give me some work, <laughs> and I'll be happy. That's good, man. Well, I want to thank you for coming on today. Where can fans find you on social media? So yeah, I am on, I am on social media. So I'm I'm on Twitter uh, and Instagram at GM for mother Russo and the number one at GM nice. Russo one. Better for next there. There you go. <laughs> oh, so I'm back at work now. But um, thank you for coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure. Um, for anyone that's listening still, I hope you are because you better do. Um, that's a terrible send off. That was. Um, it's because I'm trying to grab this and not do a clever send off, but it failed. But um, I want to thank you all for listening to this episode. It's been a fantastic one. And hopefully, when Rise of Fitzsarge comes up, my scene with George is still included. But if not, you all heard the story. But for now, take care and hear a word from our sponsors. And that is a wrap. I have a special message for my next guest. Hello, my name's George Russo, and I'm going to be appearing on the What You Call It podcast. Yeah.